Hello, friends. Welcome to Mavs Party. I am so, so sorry for not recording a show last night. Those of you who uh, pay attention to some of the things I said, I mentioned that I might not be doing a live show because I was going to my 20th high school reunion. And I proceeded to watch the game from the reunion. But by the time I got home, I was not in the state of mind to where, well, I really I couldn't speak clear English because I was sauced out of my mind. Uh, did get to talk Mavs with a lot of my friends and a few of my new friends who I uh, talked into uh, subscribing to the podcast. So if Anthony and Matt are out there listening to the show at some point, once it goes up on a podcast, thanks for uh, chatting Mavs with me. We had a great time. Um, yeah, so that was... An unbelievable basketball game. I mean, like, as I was, you know, talking with the Mavs Moneyball staff, it was so, like, laugh out loud funny because, you, you know, Josh said, Josh told me, he said, you know, you're, you're missing a, a great game from, like, a fan point of view, but, like, what are we going to talk about? And the fact, like, this is just a destruction of, of the Memphis Grizzlies. And I'm pretty sure that takes Ja Morant. He still only has one, uh, uh, head-to-head matchup win against Luca. Luca just uh, the night after the, you know the Grizzlies were on night two of back-to-back. John Moran at 49 points the night before looked like they might have been a little out of gas three games and four nights. But they're a young team and they get everybody's best effort, or they gave everybody's best effort the um, you know the year before. So it's it's pretty fun to watch the Mavericks go out there and just establish dominance. Um, there's all sorts of stuff we talk about from this game, like great plays, highlights, great quotes. Um, I want to go find the one that the Dallas Mavs, uh, you know, it wasn't in, it was one of these things. Um, so the, the Landon Thomas actually quoted it, but nobody else really put it out there, which was like, uh, and, and today it was from Luca. He said, uh, he meaning Christian Woods, an amazing player. He listens to us. He accepts his role. He's just doing amazing stuff out there. It's only been two games, but he's going to be very good for us. I think, uh, if, if I get my math correctly, Tim McMahon said he has, 50 points and 20 rebounds in his first two games. It's just like laugh out loud funny. Um, as Jacob points out in the chat, like uh, what is through two games looking like what we had hoped Chris Porzingis was being. All right. So I'm going to start bringing folks up. We're going to be talking for a while. We'll talk for as long as you want. Half hour, hour. I don't really care. Um, it's I, I waited till the Cowboys game was over to start recording. So here we are. Uh, you know, if, if you come up on stage, be sure to look for your, uh, listen for your name, look for the green ring around your, your, your uh, icon to light up. That's indicating that you're talking, make sure you're not muted. Um, and we will, uh, we'll have ourselves a good time for a little while because, uh, a game like that should be celebrated. All right. Uh, first up is my man, Harold, who has been talking at me for, you know, the better part of a half day about this game. <laughs> Harold, what's up? Hey, Kirk, how are you? I'm good. You should crow. Have a good time with this because you're feeling very bullish. Let's just just get on your uh, get on your soapbox and give us give us a lecture. Tell us why the Mavs are, are going to win. Yeah, I'm just one of those people that uh, you know. I like to to tell people, I told you so. I told you so. I told you so. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, hearing all these people on uh, Twitter, like Tim Mo Temps, I think it's his name. Him saying that the Mavs are a play-in team, and a lot of people saying the Mavs are a play-in team. This team made the Western Conference Finals last year, okay? And we showed people that with a superstar player like Luka Doncic and some good three-point shooters and some good defense, we can get very far. And now we have Christian Wood, who I, you know, I like Nick Angstead. I love the guy. I love their show and all that Locked on Mavs. But he was saying, hey, Christian Wood's going to average about 15, 16 points per game, maybe be the third best scorer. I can remember when people, when we got Christian Wood, there was so much excitement. And then people just had to like, well, it's not really that good. He, he's really bad at defense. And then I heard people saying, oh, Dwight Powell is better than him at defense. When I had tried to make the argument, we just turned Dwight Powell into the, into the second-best three-point shooting center in the entire NBA. The entire NBA. And, and just as good of defense. And I actually thought Christian Wood could play better defense than Dwight Powell if he plays the four. Um, I didn't say all that because I think people would have probably just laughed at me and, and, on uh, the chat. Um, but he has played you know, very, I don't want to say very good, but... Um, Good defense, solid defense over the last two games. Um, it's been tremendous with Luca on offense. And 
you know, when you have a guy like Luka Doncic, a maestro of the basketball court, and you give him a little toy like Christian Wood to throw lobs to, flip passes back, not be KP, where you throw the ball down low and KP, like a scarecrow, is waving his arms around, doesn't know what to do, and the ball gets knocked out. And at the end of the game, KP is saying, hey, I just got to get my rhythm, you know? I just got to get my rhythm. I mean, come on, Kirk. You, you know. You know. The guy's trying to get his rhythm. And look at Christian Wood. He's, he's, if the very first game he plays with the Mavs after a, a few preseason games, the guy looks like he's belonged there the whole time. That's, that's what we need. Well, you know, it's, I'm glad you brought up Wood immediately because Wood's going to be the most interesting story despite Luca just looking like he's having a great time out there. Uh, Josh Bowe wrote a piece for the site today uh, about Christian Wood's passing, like specifically focusing on the passing. Now, the scoring, I mean, you know, you watch highlights of Wood. And the highlights tapes of him make him look like one of the best basketball players of all time. Because he's just, like, so supremely skilled at scoring. Like, scoring just comes easy for him. And watching the passes that he's making, you know, it's the right read. Some of them are real simple passes. But I never want to over – I never want to, like, underestimate the simple read. Because it's something that is, you know, over time, when you start making the simple read, the right read, teams get tape on you saying, okay, well – you know, if Wood gets the ball out of the short roll, he's the 15-foot area. He can dunk. Yep. He can shoot it. He can pass the corner. He can pass the other corner. He can dribble it out. Like, he becomes, like, the, the sort of triple threat option. You know, honestly, the short roll stuff is something we wanted, like, Luca to do for a while as a roll man. And if you, you just make the right play enough times, you, you basically make our, our offense unguardable. Now, it's a two-game sample size. I cannot emphasize this enough. Like, the Mavs offensive rating with Wood on the floor is hysterical. It's 137. Like, they're just roasting people on offense. Defense, I understand what you're saying. You know, he made a real nice uh, – Matt Moore, my friend at the Action Network, highlighted the play of him uh, basically containing John Moran on a drive, containing him enough for Luka to come over and help. And, yep. you know, Matt summed it up after the fact uh, saying, all Wood really needs to do is not get destroyed, and then everything else can come into form because the Mavericks have a lot of very good team principles, like – it's going to take time for it to work it out in the rotations and for, you know, their defense probably won't be really good. I would say until late December, just because it's going to take time, but you know, the, the pieces that are there are real nice. They're just going to have, you know, they, they just sort of need to, to continue to, to tinker and test and see what's up. I mean, this game that we're going to play is it tomorrow night or Tuesday night, Tuesday night um, against New Orleans is going to be a really big test, but it, it's, it, the pieces are there. There's a lot of a lot of fun to be had with this team. So I, I I'm glad you're you're feeling so. Oh yeah, I'm I'm very excited, and you know I think all Mavs fans should. Re- I I really think this team could win the championship this year. Wow. Okay. Well, I, this I mean, year, teams That's... are going to start to give up. Like that that can't be understated. The Mavericks not going to be one of those teams. So you know the right teams go sideways. Like we're watching the the Lakers are, are fixing to go zero and three this afternoon. Um, as far as I'm concerned, they're they're playing Portland. They're down to Portland, who is somehow two and zero. Like Charlotte's going to detonate. You know the 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 damn Minnesota Timberwolves look weird. Like there's just some 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 things some things are going to go sideways. And so it's like, is the path there? I don't know, but I can understand why you feel that way right now, and I think you have every right to. Yeah, I I just think that, and I've said this before. I think Luka Doncic is is better than than people know. I think a lot of Mavericks fans look right now, man. Like you've been you've been talking to me for three months. We're kind of worried about his fitness level. Just sort of you know, just he right. looks good. He looks real good, like quick. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah, I I love it. I'm super so excited. You know, you know, I still wanted to lose about ten more pounds, but. You know, I, I get all the, the people who say, like, he, he likes to be just a well, little he bit heavy. Do that. He might do that through the course of the season. Like, these, a lot of yeah. most NBA players have trouble keeping weight because it, right. it's just you're, you're burning X number of calories every year. You, like, literally can't keep it down. So, I mean, that just might happen through due course. But what we're talking about now is instead of needing to lose 25 pounds, maybe losing 5 to 10 pounds just through course of action as opposed to, like, it affecting his state of play. That that would be nice, but he's got to lay off the beer and all that too. So that's also part of it. That was not a thing I did last night. I did not lay off the beer. It was, it was great. Well, thanks, right. for, uh, thanks for joining us, buddy. You got anything else? Uh, no, that's good. I'll save it for another show. You take care, Kirk. All right, talk all soon. Right.
All right. Coming up next, then, let's go with my man, Henry. What's up, Henry? What's going on, Kurt? I'm just having a nice afternoon. Somebody mentioned why am I not watching the Chiefs, and I'll watch and be angry about them in the second half. I wanted to talk to you. Yep. Uh, they're in the red zone right now, so uh, you guys are looking pretty solid. Um, I think an underrated aspect about Wood, I'm still remaining cautiously optimistic, but the guy draws fouls at an absurd mm-hmm. rate, like mm-hmm. 24 free throws. In two games, like, if he can keep that up, man. The free throw thing has such a downhill positive effect for everything else the Mavericks do. Because if you get into bonus, like, they did this in game one. I really wasn't paying attention last night because I was at a bar. But if you get into bonus with, like, three-plus minutes remaining in a quarter, then you should just relentlessly attack the rim. And when you have a guy like Luka and then Wood, that's just something. The Mavericks should be eating on free throws. I don't know where they'll be, but I, they if if they continue to play like this, they should be top ten in the league in free throw attempts as a team. Big big facts, and also if we're only going to see Dwight Powell with seven minutes left in the fourth quarter of these games, I think we're going to be pretty good. So okay, tell me about this because I real I stopped watching crunch time. I, I fourth quarter was not paying any attention. What? Who did we see late? You know, I, I know Jaden Hardy played late, but who did we pull, see late? And what did you think of how they played? I mean, Tyler Dorsey, flamethrower. Did he actually hit some shots? Oh, buddy. Let me look I here. Mean... Okay, sure. He find, So his, his preseason streak got busted because that, that man couldn't find water if he was standing next to the ocean in the preseason. Yeah, man, came off with like 10 quick points. It was three for three, I think. Yeah, man, he looked pretty good too. That's good stuff. All right. I like that. Seven yep. minutes for Powell. And yeah, it's, I love me some Dwight Powell as a concept, but I, I love that we also don't have to see him every night. Well, you know, he's just out there flailing around like he usually does. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, that's all I got, Kirk. Uh, shout out to you owning these podcast gatekeepers. Keep up the good work, sir. That was a weird day online. Thanks, Henry. <laughs> all right. Talk soon. All right. Who we got next? We got coming up my man, Jay Pry. Are we playing in fantasy today, dude? What's no, we're not playing in fantasy today. Trust me, it'd be all over the TL, you know, if, if I... Okay. Well, I mean, I like I play in like nine different leagues, and so I just like I'm I'm never happy, but I'm also never mad. So I never like I it it takes me till like middle of the afternoon to figure out where I'm standing in these things. So, <laughs> well, what what's going on today, dude? Oh, man. So, I mean, first of all, great just to have a back-to-back Mavericks and Cowboys win. Those are so hard to come by these days, you know. That's a good point. Yeah, yeah, it's so nice. I just feel good as a Dallas fan today. Um, but getting to the the basketball side of things, man, I, I keep seeing people talking about Christian Wood being six uh, six man of the year, dude. In a month, that man's gonna start. There's no way in a month that he's not gonna be starting. <laughs> you know, I'm not sure. I I just don't like. Kid is a stubborn mule. He is. Um, hear hear me out. Okay. What if he stays six man? But then we kind of collectively start pushing for an all-star nod because the all-star nod is like, like that sort of positioning for him is much more important than starting, even though I'm sure he does want to start like contract year all-star Christian Wood would be really fun. Like just as a narrative standpoint, also because like six man a year all-star, like that would be huge for him. Also huge for Dallas. I, I sort of wonder if that's the angle that they go, because if you can, he and Luca play so well together, but also if he can continue to eat, like his usage rate, I want to say it's, it's um, like thirty-seven percent. Who 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 is it in the chat? There, one, one of I'm in like nineteen groups. Or thirty-five percent. Thirty-five percent is a big time usage rate thing. And, mm-hmm. and SJ SJ I think was the one who told me about it. She said, and it really is helping. You know, kind of for for both Wood and for Luca because it gives. It means Luke is not pounding the hell out of the ball. It means Wood can eat a little bit on his own. So there's some value in that. Like, I just – I don't know if they start him. I really don't. It's it's going to be interesting to see what they do. But it's it's going to take a lot of games for kid to – he's he probably won't change much for at least 10 games, and I would be more shocked oh, yeah. if it's the first quarter of the season. I just – man, I just feel like it'd be tough if – if big if, because like you said earlier, it's a two-game sample size. So, you know, we're not talking about a whole lot of time here. But mm-hmm. if he can continue to be on a 25 and 10 pace, mm-hmm. it's almost disrespectful to have him off the bench. And I know that, you know, we had Jason Terry years ago, and he was like our, our jump start off the bench. But I don't know. Like, 
he when I watch him play, the way that he plays is just so pure on offense, and it just comes so naturally to him mm-hmm. that I just I don't see any world where at least by you know the new year he's not starting. It may not be a month that might be overzealous, but he's got to start at some point this season if he continues the track that he's on. Well, that, I mean, that wouldn't shock me as a general point of order just because of how long the season is mm-hmm. where, you know, you get guys resting. If, like, Luca rests a game, then maybe you, you mix up the starting lineup and do something wild and put Luca in. Or, I'm sorry, put Wood in. So, it's – I just I, – I've kid is so stubborn about this. Now, if Wood can continue to play the defensive effort that I've seen him show – Mm-hmm. I, I then maybe that that gets in there because he has like I'm not going to sit here and tell everybody I think he's played great defense because I've also watched him miss a bunch of stuff but I've watched a lot of the off like defense miss stuff like this is you know, basketball is hard and and defense is so much about like connective tissue and repetition over time with with the guys that you're playing with where you have to trust that not only does the helper the guy who's coming to cover you it becomes like a, a, a connect like what do you want to call it kinetic chain where your defense is like an amoeba floating around. Like that just takes time and minutes together on the floor. For so. sure. And it and it is the the start of the season. You know, everyone's going to be a little bit rusty. We are putting in some new pieces. So it is going to take some communication and some time just to be able to fix those gaps. But even um, – I know he didn't have a particularly great defensive performance against the Suns, but a lot of kind of what I noticed his issues were was a lot of communication stuff of, oh, this guy's wide open. Damian Lee's wide open because I didn't catch this assignment versus – when he's actually guarding whoever has the ball one on one, I'm seeing effort. I'm seeing him, yes. you know, close out. He's, you know, keeping them in front of him the whole time, and that's all. He just has to be an average defender. That's all he has to be. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, and I, I, I think that's just something to to lean in on and enjoy right now because yeah, yeah. The Mavericks I mean, and and here's the thing that I'm I'm gonna kind of be thinking about the next coming weeks. Um, the Mavericks look good but there's also not I don't I'm not willing to put a ceiling on what I've seen through two games right um, and that's where you really want to go like one of the things about like that that in hindsight was so difficult about the 2006-2007 Mavericks a team that won a bajillion basketball games I think they were 67 and 15 yeah uh, so ridiculous they were so good but they also didn't have a gear to get to. That became mm-hmm. really clear. They went on a 52-4 and four run at one point, and it was amazing at the time, but they were closing out these games. They had, like, a really amazing record in five-point like five wins and losses, um, like what, clutch time games, I guess, is, is the correct term. Right. Um, and once they kind of faltered down the stretch, it was clear that they didn't have another gear to go to. And that's what I'm going to be looking for with these Mavericks. Like, what can they do differently? How can they take advantage? Because teams will inevitably figure out something to slow the Mavericks team. I don't think they'll start find anything to start or slow Luka. But I do think that, that you know, there's going to be elements of defenses that figure out how to cut off what the Mavericks were, have been really successful with in, in the first few games. For and sure. How do they counter and how do they build up from there? Yeah, definitely. But I mean, it's it's been a, a good start to the season. I mean, it, six out of eight of our first quarters have been just incredible. I know that we did have that third and fourth quarter against Phoenix that kind of sucked. But man, we we're playing good basketball right now, and yeah, that's great. I, I I feel good about the season. So good. Enjoy the day then, because I somebody pointed out in the chat the stars also won. So it's just a nice Dallas uh, Dallas sports day. Uh, I'm a Capitals fan, unfortunately. Ah. <laughs> Hopefully no one kills me in the chat for that. But <laughs> All right. Well, thanks for joining today, man. For sure. Thanks, Kirk. Okay. Coming up next, then, we have Grayson. What's up, buddy? Hey, Kirk. Uh, not much. Enjoyed the game last night. I think this is going to be a fun season for us. I'm excited. You sound not excited. We, we, no, we, no, no, we no. all I... hung over today. What, what are we doing? <laughs> Uh, it is a Sunday, so maybe. But uh, no, it was it was great last night. I caught the first half of the game, and uh, that's all I really needed to see. Yeah, sixty four to thirty six of the half, I think. Like I was I was walking around the reunion for like seeing anybody who would who I knew would care, being like, "Look at this, it's great." Yeah, I I I uh, I checked the box score after, and I was like, "Yeah, I, I wasn't it wasn't game one at least." Yeah, uh, no, not letting them back in it is important. Yeah, I, I mean, I think a lot of it was just the fact that the Grizzlies had played 
three games in four days. But we don't have to – we can't ignore that. I mean, that's fine. We don't have to talk about that. We can just celebrate the fact that we destroyed them. Yeah. Well, I, I think that's what we should do. Um, anything in particular stand out to you that, that you wanted to, to harp on this afternoon? Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, someone already talked about the free throws, but I just wanted to make note of that as well because I just – they shot 36 free throws last mm-hmm. night, and I cannot remember a time when this team shot 36 free throws, like in the Luka era at all, I don't think. And a lot of that was, again, the Grizzlies were being super lazy on defense. But, uh, you know, between Luka, who's not only getting to the line more, but also shooting his free throws better and Wood getting to the line a lot. And also Timmy actually got to the line. Eight times. Eight times. That's wild. Um, So that's great. You know, I I don't know if they're going to get 36 free throws every game, but – I love to see that because that's just free points. And uh, I was really excited to see Lucas shooting his free throws better. I was also excited to see, and I'm curious to get your thoughts on Lucas' defense. I saw he had two steals and two blocks. And I was uh, most, I, I, he, he didn't seem like a defensive liability in the first. No, he, he played, I've seen a couple of clips. Um, so again, I was watching, for, you know, I normally watch an enormous ass television. It, nothing stood out that was bad. And then there were a couple of times where he did some nice help defense, you know, a little, some, sometimes he gambled a little much for me, but you know, I, he's feeling a little lighter on his feet. It's hard for me to put a number or any, anything other than a feeling, but he feels a little quicker, just a little quicker. And that has made a big difference in how I think he looks early on. Yeah. He seems to have found some of that like early rookie second season Luca burst and explosiveness. Yeah. Um, especially like if we're talking from the 2K perspective, like his his first his first step, his uh, I think it's like the quick first step badge is like crazy this year. Um I've been really impressed, but he's always been quick, but now he feels a little faster in a way. It's hard to explain. Um no, I'm also I'm also um, I'm 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 kind of on like the Christian Wood doesn't need to start train. Like I really like his his minutes with Luca a lot, and I enjoy the pairing and the pick and roll that they run. But also, Wood is really good on offense, and when Luca's on the floor, like you don't you don't need as much offensive help as when Luca's off the floor. And so I kind of see where they're coming from, bringing him off the bench. You know, you kind of stagger his minutes with Luca on and off the court a little bit and boost your offense. Um, I'm curious to see what they do with the rotations for the rest of the year. And, I mean. Well, I mean, we're long enough into this now to where I still sort of feel like they're a guy or two short um, once again. And this is not like, again, you know, I'm not crushing the guy. But over the last two games, Josh Green has played a combined 33 minutes and taken one field goal. Like, (laughs) You got to do something else out there, man. You got to eventually. It's as long as it doesn't catch up with the team. You know, maybe they can use him in a really specialized role. I don't know, but it just it feels like. So you, let's just go through the starting lineup last night: Luca, Dinwiddie, McGee, Bullock, Finney, Smith. That's five guys, and you got Kleber, Hardaway, Wood. After that, I, I they they just over the course of the season, I really think you need ten, eleven guys. And right now, the guys that they're trying out, it's it's you're just. Uh, Hardy needs to find more minutes. I think I, you know, he came in and just guns a blazing and missed all three of his shots. Um, I don't know about Dorsey. Uh, it's just that then grin, this nitpicking. I just, I just wonder if over time it, it starts because you know, injuries happen, things like that. It's just something that's kind of on my mind. Yeah, I agree. But I also think I like you do, you're right. You do need like 11 guys that can contribute, but filling minutes is the most important thing. Sure. So, and that's, and we, I've, I'm going to be the millionth person to say this, but they are, they could just really use another, a third ball handler and shot creator, um, a guy that can set up the offense. And I'd be really curious to see if they consider moving, you know, Powell and maybe Hardaway, those guys' salaries add up to 30 million, which I don't know how tradable that is. And then maybe Josh Green too, like you were just saying, I haven't been impressed with them. And I just don't His defense, like the chat is pointing this out and it's worth saying his man to man defense is significantly improved where I feel like he's either getting 
more leeway from the refs, which might be part of it. I feel like his footwork and point of attack stuff is a lot better. He got burned last year on single dribble stuff. I'm like, this guy's supposed to be laterally quick. What are we doing? And I've really liked his contain efforts so far. Um, I think he's got good hands. It's just you got to be out there for more than cardio. You know, he's got 15 minutes. He's got one one assist, one make. He did make the basket, a couple of free throws, and five fouls. And it's just there's a little. And granted, again, nitpicking, nitpicking, nitpicking. But there's going to be a moment where he gets shoved into the top eight of the rotation because of other issues. And I just I want to see him. I want to see him do more because I think he can. We've seen it. He just needs to actually do it. One hundred percent. And I think it, it's also a sample size thing. Like I'm not totally ruling out that he could be a contributing member of the team this year and play good and valuable minutes. Sure. Um, I just I don't know if that's <laughs> I don't know if that's gets what's going to happen. Yeah. Yeah, but it's uh, like you said, you know, if, if you're beating teams the way they they've held, you know, two 20 plus point leads in their first two games. So. It's not like when you're playing crunch time, we have to worry about these sort of things. Anyways, I'm just more thinking it's it's exactly what you're what you've mentioned. It's eating up minutes. Can you do this so you don't have to play? And like last night, you look at these lineups, Luca played the most minutes, 30 minutes. That sort of stuff is just if you get away with this in games where you're keeping guys' minutes totals down, that that just pays off. I mean, they got four games this week and a couple of them against teams. They play Orlando and um, Oklahoma City. I got those reversed, I think, back to back. And it's if they could, you know, come out and punish the team on Saturday so that they can take some rest, you know, get some rest for the guys so they can play again on Sunday. Like those are just the sort of things that are in my head, even if it's pretty early in the year. Yeah, 100 percent agree. I appreciate your time, Kirk. The last thing I'll say is I'm really excited for the game on Tuesday, not just to see more Mavs basketball, but I haven't gotten the chance to watch the Pelicans this year yet. And that trio of CJ, Zion and and uh, Ingram is seems like it could be a lot of fun. Yeah. I don't know how we defend them. I don't know how they defend us. Yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> I want to be like Zion is just, I know there are a lot of people out there that don't believe in Zion on like a season wide basis, but like on a game to game thing, he's just a force of nature. I mean, my goodness, I'm, I'm looking, I'm, I'm really looking forward to that game too. Let me just go on the record and say Zion is still that guy. <sighs> I said it before, but like when I went to Vegas, I put four $10 bets down on MVP, put one for Luca, one for Giannis, one for Durant, uh, mm-hmm. just because I really like Durant. And then I put one down for, um, for Zion and I got Zion at plus 6,600 <laughs> oh, okay. because it was like, there's just no MVP because, you know, we didn't really seen him yet. It was that early and he's just, oh God, he's fun. To, he's just fun to watch because he's got a lot better touch. His defense is still a little lacking, but he was a monster at Duke on defense, which makes me think it's similar to like efforts of what we're talking about from like Wood and then from Luca, where it's like sometimes you just got to try a little harder. Well, I will think it's very funny if they end up as like the second or the third seed and Zion wins MVP, because that's basically what Luca did last year. I mean, we were the fourth seed last year. Right. But I think like for, for Luca or Zion to be MVP, they're going to have to be a really high-seeded team in the West mm-hmm. um, because despite some early uh, missteps, I still think the West is going to be pretty good this year. Yeah, I do too. I do too. All right, man. Thanks for hanging out. Appreciate it. All right. Coming up next then is my man Krishna. What's up? Hey, Kirk. How are you doing? All right. Nice little, uh, nice little Sunday here. That's good. That's always good, especially after it seems like you had a great night last night. Oh, yeah. You know, well, you know, it's, I probably drink a little more than I have to, but, you know, I, I've also learned from doing this with the basketball and stuff. It's like, I have a pretty good idea when to stop. I was just like, I was up late. Like, mm-hmm. I was, and I was like, there's something different. It's like, if you're in your house, I can stay. If I'm at home, I can you know, stay up all hours. But I'm like out of my house. It's like, it's 1030, yeah. man. I got to get home and get to bed. It's exhausting. And I just, you know, last night I just stayed out. So what's going on? Totally. Yeah, I'm doing well. I was trying to watch the Stars game because that was so annoying. The Stars game was like ending right as the Mavs game was starting. It was very, very weird. But I, I think it was interesting. You know, Josh talked about it in the podcast. Josh Bo, your, your, your coworker, talked about it in the podcast. There are some like, I guess, precursors or, you know, qualifying things where like the Grizzlies, yes, are coming off, I think, three and four. But also the Grizzlies, you just look at their style of play. It's just never worked against the Mavericks. 
And, like, I think we often complain about how, like, the Mavs play with, like, this, they had the slowest pace last year. But against like, the Grizzlies, like, it just always works. That's a great because point. They just can, Styles make fights. Like, is what, is what yeah, and, and, and the it, Mavericks just work them based off of that. Exactly. And I think sometimes it definitely frustrates me. Like I do wish, you know, Luca pushed the ball up and there was like moments of that last, last night, right? Like that Reggie, that Luca passed to Reggie. I mean, that was great. And it's kind of just a great example of like, yeah, just push the tempo a little bit sometimes, but you need that slow pace other times when you play really young teams, because, you know, when you're young, you just have a lot of energy and you want to play in transition. And when you force a team like the Grizzlies, to play in the half court. It's not that they're bad, but they're just not as good as good at it as they should be. But um, yeah, it was a really good game. And I, honestly, like I don't, it, it was really, I think everyone had the same idea. Can you continue what you did in the first half versus Phoenix? Or are you going to be what we saw in the second half? And I think it's good that yes, you know, all the qualifying things, but it's good that you can still show that because you still need to win games against the team, against other teams. Like it, it doesn't necessarily matter who the team is or what all the situations are. You still need to win the games, which I thought was, which I thought was good. So that was good. Yeah. I, I, and it's always fun to have fun because that is really amusing. You know, when I was at this reunion, I probably talked to 10 or 12 people about that Phoenix game and to a T every single one of my friends is like, we stayed up late for that. <laughs> I mean, I, you know, like I appreciated it in the sense, like I thought about like, okay, if you're a neutral, that's an exciting game to watch. Right. Of course, like I'm not a neutral, so it, it completely sucked, but it was, you know, the, one of the things I took away from it is like the defense early on, it's not perfect, but it's still looking really good. Like the fact that you're holding the Suns to like less than 110 points or you're holding the Grizzlies, obviously, to less than 100. Yes, it was, like, a blowout, but you holding a team to less than 100 points. There's, like, good aspects of it. It's not perfect. I'm just saying the defense is already great. But I was thinking about this because I forgot who mentioned it, but it was someone from the Athletic. It wasn't Tim Cato. But they were mentioning how more than offense, season-to-season defensive like schemes, they translate way better. And... Maxi, I think, was talking about at the beginning of the season how since so many people had already been there, they felt like they don't have to start from scratch, like last season with the defensive schemes. And I think that's something that I don't want to say has gone underrated, but it's something that I think you're kind of seeing way more, is that when you have someone like Luca, who basically the entire offense runs through, you don't have to worry so much about scheming. But with the defense – you have to worry about scheming because the whole part is you don't really necessarily have a defensive anchor. And so the scheme is what everyone relies on. And the fact that you have less people trying to learn the scheme at every time they're on the court, I think helps. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, For sure. And no. actually I hate to do this, but I was thinking about this earlier because of Andrew Wiggins. And this is a weird point, but you know, I've seen some kind of similarities and, Christian Wood, Andrew Wiggins. Like you think about how when Andrew Wiggins got traded to the Warriors, that was less about Andrew Wiggins. It was more about Russell going over to Minnesota and, you know, the Warriors getting the, like more people were excited about the Warriors getting a first round pick than Andrew Wiggins. And obviously Christian Wood is not Andrew Wiggins, but like you look at what Andrew Wiggins now, you can make the argument it is that Wiggins is like the Warriors second best player just because of his consistency on both sides of the ball. And I don't think Christian Wood is going to be like a defensive stopper, but what we've kind of seen is that like you talked about it with Tim. I think that Christian Wood is just kind of an extension of Luca when he's in the pick and roll. Whereas when Luca makes a pass to everyone, it's sort of quick trigger decisions for them to either shoot or pass back to him. Whereas Christian Wood, it's an extension and making another play. And I think that's, that's going to add a good element. And I think him coming off the bench also gives him way more confidence and initiative because most benches are just not going to have that kind of firepower to go, go against the Mavs. But the Pelicans are going to be a test. Like, I'm really, really interested. I, I, I am questioning, though, like, I don't know what the Pelicans' depth looks like because I just don't know their roster. It's kind of similar to Dallas. Like, they don't have enough shooting. I think Dallas mm-hmm. has more shooting. But 
you know, if you were to kind of line them up on paper, you I mean, would say their top three is I mean, a more talented that's, than our top three. Exactly. That's what I would say. Like, I mean, as the players I think of off the top of my head, I can think of like five, like Jose Alvarado, uh, Zion, obviously, CJ, and right. uh, Brandon Ingram, and then probably Herb Jones, also a great defender. And then I guess Jonas Valanciunas, but like, Oh, I guess Larry Nance is a good player, but it's like it's it's hard to really say they have a super deep roster. But when you have Zion, CJ, and Brandon Ingram, like that's an insane offensive trio. Well, it it it's simply for me, it's two things. So Leo mentioned this in the chat earlier. How does the rebounding work for both teams? Can the Mavericks not get crushed on the boards? It's an mm-hmm. interesting one. And then who gets who in foul trouble first? Um, is the is the big thing because it's like you know, Maxi Kleber will probably spend some time on Zion. Josh Green will probably spend some time on Zion, and then you know the, you mentioned like Jose Alvarado and Herb Jones will probably guard Luca. And the question, you know, got some minutes on Luca, and it's like the question is who 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 gets work in and who's able to sort of bait some easy foul calls. I mean, that was that was the big thing with the, the Phoenix game the other night is they got. Eight in the foul trouble early, and that was what allowed them to really take advantage of Phoenix's lack of, of depth because it just causes cascading problems. And we've mentioned a couple of times in the show already that the Dallas Mavericks have been really good about drawing fouls. So we'll we'll see. That's those sort of the things I'm going to be looking for early, at least at least right now. For sure, and I think part of it is just like, okay, what is Christian Wood going to do? Because like Jonas Valanciunas obviously is such a paint dominant player now obviously i think javale is going to start and i think what we've seen from these two games is when javale plays a center very similar to himself like steven adams who is very much you know gonna roam in the paint and not really do much else except for rebound and play rim defense like he does an okay job and Jonas is kind of like that except i don't think Jonas's defense is like the best obviously but he's still adequate so it'll be interesting, like, is Jonas going to go up against Christian Wood? And, like, can Christian Wood also take care of that matchup? Because, like you talked about, he draws a lot of fouls. And if you and we haven't really seen that from a Luka team. And I think it's interesting, like, this roster, is it the most talented roster? No, but I think it's, you could argue this is the first roster that around Luka kind of fits his skill set more than any other in his Four, what is it now, five years well, here in Dallas? Luka, given Luca, like, a good role man is the big difference. Now, Powell was an amazing role man, but they maximized yeah, yeah. what Powell could do. And we saw against the Suns and the playoff Warriors, too, good defensive teams take away the role. So after that, you mm-hmm. have to have something else, and that's where Woodward comes in, and that's where the Mavericks having these big shooters all, all works together. Like, they've, they've, built a, they've built a strong team. Exactly. I think, you know, it's kind of like Luca doesn't necessarily have to worry about what Christian Wood is doing at all times. Whereas when it's Dwight Powell or even like Jamil McGee, he has to worry about what they're doing because, you know, he has to facilitate for everyone. Whereas with Christian Wood, he doesn't necessarily have to be like, oh, okay, like what is Christian doing? It's kind of like, okay, he knows Christian Wood understands what to do to either, you know, free up the space or be in a, be in a spot to get the pass. And then you saw it like last night, I was thinking like Christian Wood then makes the easy pass to Maxi. And I think in the Phoenix game, he makes like an easy pass up to the three to Reggie. Like Christian Wood just adds an extension where, you know, before it might've been Luca has to go all the way into the paint and then kick out. Now you do the short roll and then Christian Wood can be the one to kick out and Christian Wood can probably at some point, it's going to be where Luca gets double teamed and then Christian Wood is going to get double teamed in the paint. And then it's going to be even easier for guys to shoot. And it's, it's going to be interesting. Obviously the Pelicans is a real test this early on, but I think it's a good kind of just quick measuring stick. It's not going to obviously indicate anything because we're so early in the season, but it'll be fun. It'll be fun. Well, thanks for hanging out. Thank you. Also go stars on a four game road trip. Oh, it's going to be brutal, but stars look I good. Have so. no, I have no hockey takes. I cannot, I cannot <laughs> consume any more sports. The stars, okay, it's weird because the stars were like, if you had to compare them to a team, they were like, I don't even know how you compare them to anything because there's nothing like them in the NBA. They just didn't, they just took, essentially they let teams take 100 shots on goal and then they would like nick one goal and like barely win. 
And it's why in the playoffs last year, like Jake Ottinger, who's the keeper, I think they had something stupid like 68 shots on goal, and he saved and he saved 65 of them or something stupid, and it was like a historic performance that no one had seen since like the 90s. Um, but now the stars are good; like they actually score goals, and it actually looks okay. Well, there you go. Well, thanks, there man. We go. We'll talk soon. Thank you. Same. All right, so we had a question in the chat that I thought was a good one. It was from Jacob. He said, where do you think Frank fits when he comes back? And I'm sure they'll try him at some of these Josh minutes. I'm sure they'll try a couple of different things to them. He's not a ball handler guy, but obviously his wing his wing defense is pretty good. Um, Frank also seems to have a heck of a lot more confidence in his shot than Josh, even though I kind of like Josh's shot better. Um, Frank does the thing where he can take the same shot twice in a row and it can be like wide left and not hit anything. And then the other one can go, you know, perfect swish drives me crazy. Um, let's see here. I think we got one more guy, a couple more guys, Christian, how you doing, buddy? Yeah. Yeah. It's been a minute. Um, I did good to, good to talk to you. I'm yeah. I was surprised you, uh, you weren't watching the chiefs. I'm actually in Kansas city right now. And as a Raider fan, it's kind of weird. Um, seeing all these Chiefs fans. But uh, so I was just wanted to talk about like Christian Woods defense. It uh, it's been, he's kind of been this guy. Like I think people just thought he was, you know, some awful defender or whatnot, you know, definitely can be if he's not trying, but he's always actually been pretty good as a weak side defender and out on the perimeter. And I think, those are really the the two things that he's shown so far on the defensive end. Um, and realistically, I think that's kind of all we we need from him. Of course, it'd be great if he could, you know, be a little bit stronger in the post and things like that. But I was interested in your take uh, in regards, and you alluded to it a little bit earlier, but in in terms of what this team's like composition is it feels like this is one of the first times in a really long time where we have at least 10 maybe maybe 11 guys that at least do one thing really well do you think that that could kind of be the buffer between how well we played last season um or do you think that's something that's not gonna really translate in terms of winning playoff games? I'm not sure because it's like when you're talking regular season stuff, it's a little bit of a gamble because if you assume, all right, the Mavericks have eight guys that you like and then three more guys who you think can give them something depending on the matchup. Then you sort of get like gambling that that will work. The particular guy, the ninth, 10th, 11th guys that you're trying will do the positive things you need them to do as you select them in the right order. It's just... I don't really feel that they have the the go-to depth that they will need in the long term. It's game two, though, game three. So maybe somebody comes through and and establishes a little bit more of of a position within that, and then they'll figure it out. How that would translate to what they ended up doing last year is, you know, we kind of, we know this. When Luka plays basketball, the Mavericks win 70, like they win something like 70% of the games. It's just, you go back to 2019, he sprains his ankle at uh, the opening seconds of a Miami game. And then is basically not the same the rest of the year. Uh, he comes back and he's okay. He's obviously amazing in the bubble, but the bubble is after a three month hiatus. We're talking like true regular season basketball. Um, and then, and then you know, the, the year after that, he's not. Did I get that right? Yeah, nineteen twenty. Sorry, these some of these years start to blur together. Then the the previous two seasons, um, he he, you know, it was like a running up that hill, you know, for him where he just slowly gets better because he's slowly getting into shape. And if we get 70, 72 games of Luca like this, I think he's going to be an MVP candidate. I know everybody, that sort of stuff doesn't really matter right now, but that's sort of, that's the winning difference much more than anything along the depths of, of the, uh, the team roster, at least to me. Yeah. I was just wondering because like the more that I started thinking about it is the kind of traits that we have, like the players that have kind of like a singular, really good trait, right. Is like Berton shooting Frank defense to where it's all traits that translate to the playoffs. But the thing is they're so bad in other areas that 
you know, it makes me hesitate. Like every time you put one of them on the floor, you're giving something up. Mm. So I'm going to be interested to see how it plays out. Um, and one thing just, you know, just off the top of my mind, I thought it was super unfair to Tim to put him in uh, playing clutch minutes against the Suns in his first game back from a lengthy injury. And I just have no idea what kid was doing there. That's why, you know, even beyond the free throws, I thought it was his fault. Cause I mean, Tim's just been bad, but I also think we kind of ex- expected that. Like, I don't know really what, if people expect him to come out. Yeah, like. I mean, late. if he hits like two more threes, these past two games, he hits like, He's three and ten. I don't know. And, and if he hits, particularly against the, the the Phoenix Suns, if he just hits one of the open threes that man gets, then I think the narrative feels a lot different around him. But getting to the line, it's good for a guy. See the ball go through the hoop. I think Tim turns around offensively. I'm much more worried about him defensively because he just doesn't seem to know what to do. And I don't understand how that's possible when you are you've been part of this team this long. Like I just don't know if he can if he can really wrap like the team core concept. Cause it's like, he makes the wrong choice a lot. So that that's a little, a little more difficult to parse out. And we put him on John Bain for most of his defensive, like most of his defensive assignments, which I just thought was a uh, strange, I guess to say. Yeah. Um, but you know, I, I'm, I feel a little bit more optimistic than I did at the beginning of this year. I really thought it was going to be, like I felt we were going to make the playoffs, if, you know, as long as Luca stays healthy, obviously. But right. feeling a little bit more optimistic, so I guess that's how I'd feel a lot more optimistic if we actually won against Phoenix. For um, sure. But you know, definitely should be an exciting year, and as always, you know, good to talk to you, and uh, I'll talk to you here soon. All right, have a good day. All right, coming up next and last is our man Iwan. What's up? It's been a long time. Welcome back. Hit that unmute button there at the bottom. Hey, Kirk, what's up? Howdy, Howdy. what what you what you got going on today? Hey, it's been a while, man. Just got off work, you know. So your notification popped up. I'm like, yeah, I've. It's been hard for me to get on, man, because you know East Coast and these late games, trying to stay up, and especially after the no, Suns no, game, no, it was like 1:30 no, when no, you. No, yeah, it was brutal. That was brutal. But I must say, you know, getting ready to watch a Mavs game and then watching it, regardless if we lose, win or lose. Your show is the next the next thing that's like on the menu right after. It doesn't matter if we lose or win. Hearing you do the show is like the next priority after that because friends don't understand, your significant other don't understand, but we understand, you understand. So I just want to, you know, keep giving you kudos for doing your thing. You know what I'm saying? Thank you. That's very kind of you to say. All right, man. You, you, trust me, your thing, your show is very, I love it. I think we all love it. But, um, yeah, I mean, I, I want to get on for that that Suns one, and honestly, if you won that game, I think that would have been. I didn't want to get on for the Suns I, one. It was like it was like <laughs> one in the morning. We're all like, there's about a hundred of us in here just pitching. Yeah, I, I felt I was like kind of like a must win for them, and we left them off the hook because they they narrative would have been a lot rough losing that first game and then losing again to Portland, you know, back to back bad games. But that's all I want to see on that. But this Memphis game is like. I've always said it before, all these young boys that people always say that Luca, you know, maybe better than Luca is coming for Luca. You know, I was watching the Memphis game when they was playing the Rockets and the announcers were saying, you know, John Moran, he's the most dominant player in the NBA. And I'm like, let's let's be let's be realistic. Like he's not even more dominant than Giannis, much less Luca, you know, but it's like whenever Luca faced him, Tatum, he owns them. It's like it's not even close. He he owns them. No matter who's on the court, no matter who's playing, he just always makes a statement like, okay, I heard what you what you guys were saying a few days ago. I heard what you guys were saying last week or whatever it is. He just, he owns them. It's and an, That's that, an interesting thought. I wonder how, I've never done this. Like, I want to say like Joel Embiid might be one of the guys who has the best record against him. I, probably the, probably Jokic and the, and the Nuggets have a pretty good record against Luka and maybe, I want to say the honest stuff is almost 50-50. The honest people really love battling. That's an interesting thought. You're right. I, I disrespect the shit out of the Celtics and the Grizzlies because Luka just wears them. He owns them. And those players on those teams, they, it seems like they're like really inferior to Luka when they play. When Jason Tatum played Luka, how many buzzer beaters he's done against them? John Morant, buzzer beater, last 
Like it's just it's not even close. So that conversation shouldn't even be happening. But like to get back to the team, it's just Christian Wood. I don't want him to start. The way he's going on the bench, you can't depend on Tim Hardaway. You can't depend on Josh Green. Maxi, you don't know what he's gonna give you. You need that. You you, you need that. So I wouldn't mess with I wouldn't mess with him starting. I would leave it just as as it is. You know, get some run with the starters, and then you know beat up on the opposing bench as much as you can. And with him being able to draw the fouls, him and Luca, it's like we we should be in a bonus pretty much every game with at least like four minutes left on the quarter. At least the way he's able to you know draw fouls and Luca's able to draw fouls. And I don't want him to come into the starting lineup and then once him or Luca goes out, it's 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 a shit show. Like I like how, I like how it is. I like the stability of how it is. I like how he can beat up on the you know the bench players and then play well with the starters like i just love how how it's going right now i just love how it's going right now it's good it's good to be happy the point of sports is to enjoy it and it's been you know it's been a mostly enjoyable one-on-one start yeah it's and that 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 city edition uniform i kind of like it so i like the the, the statement ones that were last night look nice i like yeah 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 but um one more thing that that alley-oop to 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 water Luca Luca the water on the fast break. If you watch that, someone posted on Twitter like the same alley that Kobe threw to Shaq. Oh, and, that's you know, that's Mavs Moneyball's <laughs> hand. We we claim him hand to hand forty one. Yeah, that was nice, man. That was nice. Yeah, that was nice. That was nice. Yeah, that's real. Fun. But um, like I said, always looking forward to your show after every game, win or lose. And you know, we back. We back on the ground for the season, man. We back here for. For the long haul. That's right. right. Well, maybe we'll see you right. Tuesday, it. Thursday, Saturday, and Sunday since we have a four game <laughs> week ahead of us, folks. That's it. All right. Pain and joy. We be ready for it. We're gonna be ready. All right, you have a good day, man. Thanks for coming on. You too, man. Thank you. All right. Like I said, four games, lots of content, lots of stuff. Uh Mavs Money Ball will be pumping out work. Be sure to go over there, check out the pieces folks have written. Uh, We'll see how things go. This has been a great show for a Sunday afternoon. I appreciate you all taking time to hang out with me. And uh, yeah, we'll be back a little later in the week. Uh, Have a great week.